The Boast Podcast, brought to you by Boast App, the leading audio communications network, which is available for free on iOS and Android devices. Everybody um, in the Boast world, thanks for tuning in to our live podcast today. My name is Aoife Murray and I am here live with Larry Anogue, PJ Lynch. Um, PJ is the new Larry Anogue. He stepped into this role a month ago, so he's had a little bit of time to settle in. Um, but maybe I'll go to you, PJ, and thank you for coming along today. Thank you for having us in your lovely home. It's my pleasure. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. It's, it's great. And thanks to everybody for tuning in to Boast. Um, maybe you could start by explaining what Larry Anogue is for those who might not have heard of it before. Uh, the Laureate Nogue is it's an initiative set up by the Arts Council and the Arts Council North and South of the island and CBI and Poetry Ireland and various other uh, partners. It's basically a way of focusing uh, children's attention on children's literature because we want to get lots of kids reading books and uh, somebody in their wisdom decided to have one person who was going to be the focus for that, who's going to try and drum up lots of interest. So that's that's going to be my job for the next two years. Two year, two year period. Okay. Um, some of you have sent in questions. We actually have two celebrities who have sent in questions today. Uh, the first one is writer and publisher Siobhan Parkinson. So we might hear what she wants you to answer. Nice to hear from Siobhan. Uh, Siobhan was, of course, the first laureate in the So. Uh, and a good old pal of mine, so I'm looking forward to hear what she has to say. I don't think she'll burn you too bad. <laughs> so, PJ, can you tell us what your plans are for your laureateship? Well, thanks, Siobhan. Thanks for the question. Um, well, because I'm an illustrator, it's going to be, it's going to have a visual kind of bent. Um, it's going to be, uh, we're calling it the big picture. Uh, there's a video podcast that I've already started. There are four episodes out already. I'm going to try and do that uh, at least every two weeks. And that's going to cover all sorts of aspects of kids' kids books. It's going to be about writers, it's going to be about illustrators. Primarily, though, it's going to be from my point of view, and my it's about my passions, which are all about drawing and painting. Um, and then the other big plan we have is also called The Big Picture, and it's literally to paint a very, very big picture somewhere in Ireland. Uh, there might even be two of them, maybe one up north and one down south. So um, now for that, we're waiting to see uh, what big walls people want to have painted. And uh, we've had some really interesting expressions of interest. So uh, I think that's going to go ahead and that's going to be really exciting whenever we get to that. Thank you so much for your question, Siobhan. Um, as you mentioned, PJ, Siobhan was the first children's laureate. Um, she is um, an author. Uh, second laureate was Neve Sharkey, who is an illustrator and animator. And our most previous laureate was Owen Coffer, who is um, an author as well, very well known. His books that you made into a movie. And now we're going for an illustrator again. So I want to go to another question from another celebrity, this time broadcaster Rick O'Shea. Hi PJ, it's Rick O'Shea here. First things first, congratulations on becoming the laureate. My question for you is a relatively simple one, which is given that you're a visual artist, how do you see your laureateship differing from those who've gone before you who were novelists or writers? Thanks very much, Rick, and thanks for the congratulations. It's uh, it's, it's only been a month since I've been the laureate. <laughs> it seems like a long time. Um, well, I suppose... Uh, I've, I've had the um, 
the honour of following Owen Colfer on, on, a, on a few occasions on stage here and there. And uh, that's, that's, that's a pretty tough thing to have to do. Um, but I, it, in our approaches, we probably couldn't be more different because Owen was a, a terrific novelist and uh, a very funny guy and a, a wonderful presenter. Uh, if I think too much about the people who've gone before, Owen, Siobhan Parkinson and Neve Sharkey, I think I, I would just... Uh, I would just chicken out and <laughs> knock the whole thing in the head. But uh, so I try not to compare myself with those guys because they were all brilliant laureates and they all did really, yeah, they accomplished really great laureate projects while they were in the, in the role. Um, but I suppose we're all very different people. Um, I'm, I, as I say, I couldn't be more different from Owen in, in that I'm, I'm a very uh, visual person and, and he's all about storytelling. So his laureateship was, was focused very much on that. And uh, but obviously there's comparisons with uh, with Neve uh, because she's an illustrator and but she also wrote her stuff. Um, during Neve's laureateship, she got involved with um, uh, exhibitions and and her Monster Doodle project. So she, there was a lot of fun to be had with her with in the drawing and the live drawing. And I want to sort of continue that. Um, but I suppose naturally my my work. Uh, finds a home with an older age group than, than Neves, who uh, is, is she's aiming at the very youngest children. So um, I think that's that's the difference. Um, we're all very different people, and we'll bring our own different approaches to the job. That's that's as simple as that. Yeah, I think as well the fact that we've had uh, authors and illustrators separately it kind of um, underlines the importance of visual literacy as well as the importance of reading for pleasure. Um, which I think uh, maybe can sometimes be a little bit overlooked as an opportunity to focus on it again. Absolutely. And uh, I think for illustrators, sometimes we feel a wee bit hard done by. We feel as if the author sometimes privileged over the illustrator. And uh, someone who was a guest on my, my podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago, Sarah McIntyre, she's leading this campaign. It's called Pictures Mean Business. And... Um, it's it's all about giving credit to the illustrators. So I'm 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 delighted that two out of four of our mm -hmm. laureates are illustrators. It's it's great. It shows that uh, the children's book world in Ireland really appreciates the illustrator. That's cool. I want to ask you one more question about your laureateship before we move on to talking about your career more more generally, and that is um when the two years over and you're looking back over what you've done, what do you want your impact of your laureateship to have been? Wow, um, I'm <laughs> hoping that. Uh, There'll be loads more enthusiasm for, for, for drawing and picture making. Um, I would really love to think that I'll have sown the seeds with some children to, to, to show them that they could be picture bookmakers, uh, to inspire them a little bit. To, I, you know, I don't think you can start too early. I think kids should be doing this as projects at school. They should be divining their own um, children's books, a, a very simple text and some simple stories. And then as they work into it, they can get more sophisticated or they can keep them nice and perfectly beautiful and simple. But um, it would be great if we had a whole new generation of, of uh, children's book creators. Mm -hmm. That would be, that would be good. if I could look back on that and feel that I had uh, some influence, I'd be really well pleased. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to be looking back on a couple of 
big pictures around the house somewhere as well. Yeah, yeah, the nice thing about lag trees. Yeah. <laughs> kind of go and visit every so often. Yeah. Cool. Um, as you know, both podcasts is all about your questions. So um, we have some really, really great questions coming up. We've got so many today. Um, the first one I'd like to pose to you, PJ, is from Gary, I think. Me again. So <laughs> as an audiobook narrator, I sometimes find myself narrating books and enjoying books in genres that I never would have thought out of it, I would have had any interest in. So did you always know children's literature was where you wanted to work or was it something you discovered later and found you really enjoyed? Thanks for your question, Gary. That's brilliant. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I probably listened to you reading audiobooks because that's how I, um, how I experience books mostly. I'm usually uh, working away at the studio and don't have time to read too much, so I listen to an awful lot of audiobooks. Um, yeah, I, I, I knew I wanted to be an artist from a very early stage, but I, I really didn't know much about what an illustrator was. And when I went to art college, I, I suppose it was, uh, it was such a long time ago. It was before desktop publishing and publishing was in, uh, sort of um, maybe in a little bit of a rut mm -hmm. through the 1950s and 60s. A lot of books were just illustrated with black and white uh, drawings. Uh, and then there was a big explosion when people started desktop publishing. Walker Books in, in uh, London were very influential in that. And I was really lucky to be just starting my career at the, at the time that Walker Books were getting to be uh, right. into their stride. And um, I, I, I wanted to be an illustrator at that stage. Uh, and I would have done any kind of uh, work to make a few bob. But uh, I find that the illustration for children's books it really took off and it, it, I find I was happiest there. I didn't really enjoy working for advertising or editorial. It wasn't my strength. Uh, and I just loved the children's books and people were good enough to continue to ask me to do it. So I, I kind of fell into it a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, were you a big reader when you were a kid? Uh, I, I read, a, I remember reading all the Narnia books uh -huh. and okay. I loved them. Probably should and say there's a Belfast link there. There is, yeah. but I, I didn't know it at the time. Oh, right. I okay. wish I'd known that because that would have inspired me maybe to write a little bit. That's interesting. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, C.S. Lewis was from Belfast originally, but um, uh, no, that wasn't well known at that time. Mm -hmm. um, so I read the Narnia books and I remember what a strange child I was. I remember uh, <laughs> finishing them and thinking nothing could be as good as those. So I didn't read anymore okay. after. I, we've made, we make kids like that. Huh? Really? Yeah, we yeah. do. Yeah. What do you do with those? Well, we bring them to the book kids. clinic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we have um, book doctors who uh, are, make great book recommendations. It happens a lot. You finish a series and you're almost wrecked. It's like the yeah. characters have passed away and you don't think you're ever going to be a joy book again. Yeah, but it can happen. Oh, <laughs> that's interesting. So I had a, a sort of recognized response to, yeah. uh, to, to a favorite <laughs> book. Uh, and funny enough, I've been talking about the book doctors. I was in Holland last week and, oh. uh, and up in Kells this week. And the people from Hay in Wales, they love the idea of the book clinic with the, the, the book doctors with their white coats on. I'll have to get uh, my, my solicitors onto them now. I don't want yeah, any copyright well, it's, issues. It's such a great idea. I think we should try and share it if you're agreeable. But. That sounds good. Yeah, book clinics um, go international. Sounds good. And we might go to another question this time from Ben. Hey PJ, um, I was wondering since your style is quite realistic, do you stage models or use photos for reference? Um, and I was also wondering, would you be able to share what kind or brand of, of brushes or paper you use? 
Tricky question. Yeah, thanks very much, Ben. That's a great question. Um, well, first for the for the brushes and and the paper, etc. I I I use all sorts. Um, I have used Arch paper or Arches paper uh, for watercolor, um, but I just grab whatever's in the shop. If it, if I feel it, if it feels nice, I'll, I'll usually buy it. Uh, Buckingford is is a fairly cheap kind of paper that I've used lots. Um, brushes again, I I go through brushes when I'm doing oil painting, so I buy very cheap ones, and uh, rather than cleaning them and trying to keep them in good condition, I buy very very cheap uh, square headed brushes. Uh, they're actually made in China by Create, and uh, they're absolutely brilliant. And they, they cost next to nothing. And you could just throw them out then and stuff on. Well, yeah, well, I try to look after them, but, mm -hmm. you know, they don't last that long. Yeah. So so that covers the, the brushes and the materials. I, I think it is worth getting good materials if you can afford them. But if you find yourself uh, buying brushes and if you're using something like oils, you can destroy them very quickly. Because I use this uh, medium called liquid, uh, which is a quick drying medium, and it just dries like concrete. So your brushes don't last too long. Uh, yeah, you. Uh, the first part of your question was about uh, models and things. If you look at my books, there are some of my books that are kind of um, very realistic, uh, like uh, The Christmas Miracle of Johnson Toomey was the first book that I, uh, I felt it needed a really realistic approach because uh, it was an intimate little story and it was all about the drama going on inside people's minds and I felt it was really important to get... Uh, good models and work closely with them and uh, so after that that book was a big success and I did a few more books like that um, so yes I, I often get models and I, I dress them up in costumes as, as accurately as, as I possibly can but there's still a huge amount of work to be done the, the book I did most recently was The Boy Who Fell Off the Mayflower and it's set in uh, 1620 so I got costumes which were as good as I could possibly get, but I had to do an awful lot of making up of, of what the ship would have looked like, the Mayflower, and what the costumes would have looked like. Um, now, my, I'm happiest whenever I'm just going off and completely making stuff up, um, which I did a lot on uh, the book I did with Owen Colfer, uh, Once Upon a Place. So I like to alternate between the very tight, realistic stuff and then stuff where I can have a bit of fun just making it up but um but yeah I, I do use models a lot my kids get called into to work and they absolutely hate it but uh, <laughs> I, I pay them royally for the for the for their efforts unfortunately they're not here to dispute that <laughs> um do you ever find yourself walking up to people in the street and asking them if you find the perfect model or is it people you know generally it's generally it's people i know or friends of friends and mm -hmm. i put the word out and say i, I need some i need like uh a man who's a certain age and or uh, uh, I, I go through um, a, a good friend of mine is Anne Kavanagh who runs her, uh, the um, Anne Kavanagh Children's Drama School uh, up in Rathbarnham and anytime I need uh, young kids who can act a little bit I go to Anne and she's, she's been brilliant getting me all the different types of kids and they do a tiny little audition for me 
Uh, and I was really lucky with the, the boy who fell off the Mayflowers uh, and was able to fix me up with some great marvellous care. Yeah. Going back to the um, materials for um, Once Upon a Place, which was the book you illustrated as part of Owen Coffer's Laureateship, a collection of short stories and poems for children. Um, you, that was your first foray into using charcoal. Uh, maybe you could talk a little bit about that. And that I feel like that's a very different process from the from your usual, I guess people would say, style. Yeah. And you're using that a bit more now. Yeah. And it's part of the big picture. It's, yeah, it, it was, it's hugely different for me in terms of illustration, but I've been drawing uh, with charcoal um, for many years yeah. because I, I, I'm one of those artists who likes to keep up the uh, life drawing. I, I consider it really essential practice to um, to draw from life. So I draw portraits and I draw, uh, I shouldn't mention this when there's children listening, but I do a lot of nude life drawing. And um, so I, I've used a lot of charcoal uh, and it was just whenever I was get offered the project uh, by Siobhan and Grania from Little Island. Um, and it was a huge amount of work and I knew I couldn't do it with uh, ink and lime, which was the way I used to do it 30 years ago. Uh, it would just take too long. So I, I thought I'll have a go with charcoal. And it worked better than I could ever have imagined. I really enjoyed it. And, and I loved all those atmospheric, smoky, misty effects that come from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you uh, recommend children draw with charcoal? Yeah, yeah. And I've been, that's what I've been demonstrating yeah. a lot when, I, when I've been going around. And uh, I think they, they, prob they enjoy getting their hands really dirty yes. <laughs> and it ends up on people's faces as well so it's it's, it's a lot of fun plus it's, it's a great drawing material okay, perfect now i go to another question this time from becky hey pj really looking forward to this discussion tomorrow morning i'm curious to see your answers to ben's questions actually um my question is um i just wonder do you go in with a very clear plot when you start writing your stories or do you let the illustrations lead you at all might be a silly question, but I'm curious. Cheers. Thanks, Becky. Um, I have I've written a, f a few um, uh, stories, but I've only had one published. So, and th the way I came to that was very uh, circuitous. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Uh, also, I took on the story of the the pilgrims going to America, which is. Um, it's very much of a sacred cow for the uh, Americans, so it's it's not a subject you want to get make any mistakes on. So, for my first uh, foray into writing, I it it was really tough and it took a long, long time. So my next one is going to be um, it's going to be straight from the imagination, and it's not going to be based on or any factual uh, events. Um, so. It, Otherwise, whenever I approach a book project, the text comes to me uh, already completed and uh, I read it and I reread it and I, I read it dozens of times and then I get my inspiration directly from the, the text. I might find a little line here that uh, inspires me and says, that's got to be a big picture. Uh, or then whenever you pace out the book, you find, well, I've got to put an illustration in here. Sometimes they're the ones that are less fun to do. But uh, all the inspiration comes directly from the text. So uh, so that's how I go about setting, getting into a project. Good. Now, you mentioned Grani earlier. Grani Clear um, works with Siobhan Parkinson and Delilah Publishing. They published one upon a place. And she has sent us in a question as well. There's my book in it. Hi, PJ. What other artists or illustrators inspire you in your work? 
Thanks, Grania. Great question. Um, I think the when I went to art college, I discovered for the first time uh, Arthur Rackham, who was a sort of golden age illustrator, uh, British guy. So he was working about 100 years ago. And I think I learned a lot from my admiration for him. But um, in terms of uh, illustrators who are working today, uh, Alan Lee is a, a great hero of mine. Now he, he's one of the few illustrators who's ever won an Oscar. And he won it for his work on the Lord of the Rings oh, uh, movies. Mm -hmm. And he's, uh, his technique is absolutely phenomenal. So I, I really admire him. Uh, I've been looking a lot at um, black and white artists in recent years. And do you know Brian Selznick, the yeah. guy that did, did the, uh, the Marvels and uh, Hugo Cabin and yeah. stuff like that, his books? Uh, I absolutely adore his work. And, uh, and so I've, I've been looking a lot at people like him, um, Sean Tan. I, I loved his book, The Arrival. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of different artists whose work I like. Probably if I had to name one who I, I look at for pleasure and, and not really for inspiration, Lisbeth Zwerger is a, an Austrian illustrator. And, uh, and her work is absolutely beautiful and very clever. Um, so there, there's a few names for you to, um, to, to look up online. Cool. Um, your next book coming out is coming out in October, I believe, Patrick and the President, which is a co-creation with uh, Ryan Tuberty. Um, Ryan has done the words and you've done the images. Could you talk a little bit about that? Anything to review there? Um, yeah, well, it's a lovely story. A lot of people know about Ryan's book that he did about uh, President Kennedy's visit to Ireland. And for this children's book, he's homed in on the visit to uh, Dungan'stown, uh, the Kennedy home place in Wexford. And it, it, the story's all about a little boy called Patrick, who is very, very excited about the possibility of meeting the president. So it, it's will he, won't he, all the way through, and we're wondering if he's going to, to meet the president. So for me, it was, it was a great pleasure to go back not too far back in history, mm, yeah. but it's, it's 50 years yeah. uh, since the visit. And, uh, and just to, to, for me to get involved with the costumes that were, uh, people were, were wearing in those days, the hairstyles, and, and maybe to try and get a little bit of that sort of Kodachrome, old-fashioned mm. visual effect. So, so that's what I've been aiming for. And also um, to do a few pictures of um, an icon like, President Kennedy, that was that was a great pleasure. So it's it's a lovely book. Ryan's done a, a brilliant job with it, and uh, yeah, I, I've even included Ryan in in the book because I thought, you know, <laughs> you asked about how I choose models, uh -huh. and I if I find somebody who looks just really appropriate for a job, and there's, there's something about Ryan, he does look like he he, he probably steps out of the past. <laughs> he would be at home in the 1950s or 60s. So. Um, so he was really happy to, to model for it, and we, we had a lot of fun with that photo session. Great. Okay, so everyone has to pick up a copy, copy and see, can they spot Ryan Choberty? I, you know, it won't be hard to, <laughs> <laughs> it won't be easy to miss it. But that book, that's, uh, we're aiming for that book to come out uh, uh, next year, and unbelievably to me, that would be President Kennedy's 100th birthday if he was alive. Yeah. Amazing how, how time passes. Yeah, totally. Um, just speaking of uh, Patrick and the President, and you've, um, illustrated a lot of books in the past about, I guess, American topics. Obviously, um, The Boy You Fell Off the Mayflower is, is also a story of immigration and about the old world, new world. Um, you also did Lincoln and His Boys about Abraham Lincoln and his relationship with his children. Do you feel like you have an American sensibility to your work? 
yeah, it seems to have come out that way. But if you look back to my early books, I remember when I first started visiting publishers and they said, look, um, come up with a project. I mean, it was usually a house project right. I was coming up with. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the, the first successful book I had was uh, Oscar Wilde's Stories for mm-hmm. Children. And then I immediately after that, I did uh, W.B. Yeats' Irish Fairy Tales. And, and I, did, uh, I did a book with Mary Heaney uh, called The Names Upon the Harp. So I, mm-hmm. whenever I get the chance, I, I do books with Irish flavors mm-hmm. to yeah. them. And, uh, and I remember back in those days, I was reading a lot about Irish history. And I think if, if I'd found exactly the right project, I, I might have done uh, a book about it then. Right. Um, I was lucky to be able to do the covers for Marita Colin McKenna's Famine trilogy. So that, that, in a way, that sort of satisfied that urge. Um, when uh, the Christmas miracle of Jonathan Toomey took off, I was going to America a lot, and I was I was seeing parts of America that I I wouldn't have seen otherwise, and I got really interested in American history, and I was reading books about it, and uh, and I suppose one project led to the next, you know, and yeah. uh, and. I suppose the boy who fell off the Mayflower sounds very much like an American project, but it's actually all about English people. Mm, true, yeah. And and there are a few uh, Native Americans in it, but uh, I didn't feel that I was the right person to tell their story from their point of view. So it's it's very much about an English boy's point of view. But it happens to show up in America. I guess they're not Americans yet. Yeah. No, they're not, and they wouldn't. They would never have considered themselves yeah. Americans all through their life. And John Highland, the the, the star of my book he lived to be uh, in his 80s his wife lived to be in their late 80s they would absolutely have considered themselves to be english okay i love it that's great um apart from patrick and the presidents which is coming out next year have you any kind of personal projects you're working on that you would like to talk about you don't have to <laughs> um well i've been very busy with uh, with, mm-hmm. with various things and i have a, a project on the go um i don't want to i don't want to hex it by talking about yeah. it uh but it's 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 one that I ideas sort of come to me almost uh, you know fully formed uh, mm-hmm. seem to be or else if they come half formed I just you know I find some reason to rule them out. So this <laughs> this this one uh, uh, I was lying in bed one night and this idea came to me and, and I think it's going to work as a sort of a fantasy book Ooh. and um, but I have to write the bloody thing. I just <laughs> uh, I've, I've got the bare bones of it and. Uh, and I can really envisage the pictures of it. So wow. I, I think it's going to be very strong visually. But I, I need a week uh, alone with no kids, no dogs, <laughs> and uh, and just to, to really thresh it out. Okay, interesting. And you don't have to worry about any historical historical accuracy when it comes to your research? No, no. That, that would be a huge relief. Okay, yeah. cool. We're going to go um, for to a few uh, rapid-fire questions. That's, that's all right? Yeah. Okay, what is your least favorite color? <laughs> I love all colors. Um, what can I say? My least favorite color, puce. Ooh, good answer. I like it. Who was your favorite teacher at school? Mr. McFadden. He was an art teacher. Oh, he, was, he was really good. I also had another uh, really good art teacher, Mr. McGuire. That's great. <laughs> um, you're a, known as a champion of Irish illustrators. Which contemporary Irish illustrators are you really, really keen on? I think he's doing great work. Oh, well, Oliver Jeffers is, mm. is, is awesome. I, I love what Oliver's doing. And I, I think Oliver has inspired a whole new generation of picture book makers mm. in Ireland. 
and uh, we got people coming along like Chris Judge and uh, Chris Hardy um, and uh, Kevin Walter. There, there's a whole bunch of new guys coming along. But so I think uh, Oliver uh, Oliver's just changed the, the the game entirely with with his book. Yeah, and we're in a bit of a golden age at the moment. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, as an Irishman who was born in Belfast, what is your one word response to Brexit? Pity. Um, what would your last meal be on death row? Chicken wings from Tribeca. And <laughs> <laughs> what book are you currently reading? Asking for it by Louise O'Neill. Uh, I'm nearly uh, finished. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there's going to be a happy ending, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think Louise might be listening in, so that, that'll probably give her a bit of a laugh oh, when she's yeah, writing her yeah, next book. Yeah, yeah. And if anyone wants to listen back um, at the podcast, um, our last live, well, one of our last live podcasts was with Louise O'Neill. Um, that's it. Thank you so much, PJ. Thanks for your time today. Thank, Thank you, you all. You're uh, very welcome. Um, Thank you all so much for your questions. They were really great. Um, I might give a little plug to Children's Books Ireland. Um, if you want to find out more about us, our website is www.childrensbooksireland.ie. We have a brand new website launching tomorrow, so I think it's still on the holding page, but come back tomorrow for lots of cool stuff. Um, if you're interested in our chat and would like to find out more about children's authors and illustrators and children's books in general, our annual conference is taking place on the 17th and 18th of September, um, and tickets will be available from the website tomorrow. Um, there you can sign up for our newsletter as well, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to know more about PJ's projects, it would be childrensariot.ie anything else you want to add no i just wanted to be <laughs> sure that you mentioned that okay. yeah and uh, pj stuff is also on um facebook and twitter so keep an eye because weekly there is um you're updating your podcast weekly uh kind of weekly <laughs> pretty often pj has a sore finger at the moment so we're giving him a bit of a pass um but the podcasts are great they're they're really great for anyone who's interested in um, illustrating them, illustration themselves and great for kids as well to to actually get to meet uh, virtually a professional illustrator because that's something that I didn't didn't happen to me till I was probably in my 20s or 30s so yeah, it's great for yeah. kids to realize that there's people actually working drawing pictures and getting paid for it yeah. so that's it thank you all so very much thank you the Boast podcast brought to you by Boast app the leading audio communications network which is available for free on iOS and Android devices 